I have walked out on a pool deck <laughs> and oh, been like, excuse me. <laughs> and it didn't go over very well, so I didn't do that again. No. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, welcome to Fit to Be Radio. Slip on your minimal sneakers, notch your headphones into your ears, tuck your smartphone into your pocket, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or just grab a cup of your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch a bit while we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastases recti related. Okay, I'm recording, guys, so don't interrupt me, okay? I love you, but don't talk to me. Hey everybody, welcome to Fit to Be Radio. My name is Chris Spanky. I'll be your host today, and I've got with me uh, Beth Learn, the CEO and founder of Fit to Be Studio. And today it's just us, and we're going to tackle a topic that I think is pretty cool um, that we haven't really got around to yet in this podcast, but it's very important. And that topic is weightlifting. Uh, there's a lot of bad how, information how out there. How have we not got to this? You know, I think we've yet? we've danced around it, um, but. <laughs> We do a lot of it. talk specifically about it. Um, And I think it's really important because there's a lot of bad information out there. um, And it's become popular with uh, a lot of different kinds of and styles of weightlifting. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's important to talk about. And luckily, um, Beth is somewhat of an expert uh, in weightlifting. And on Fit to Be, on our website, if you're a member there, um, we have an incredible number of. cool resources that you can use for weightlifting that don't require gym membership, which I want to talk about also. But just at a high level, for the purposes of this podcast, Beth, can you set us up about weightlifting? Like, what is it? Like, what classifies as it? If I'm taking my water, lifting it up and down over and over, is that weightlifting? Kind of set the stage for us about weightlifting. Well, personally, I would define weightlifting as anytime you pick up something that's heavier than an ounce. <laughs> um, anything that is actually going to stress your muscles in a good way. Um, yeah. So, you know, however, there are some people who would actually take that and expand it to say, no, it's, it's more lifting something that truly does challenge you. So if you're always lifting your coffee cup, this is not weightlifting. Right. <laughs> I'm doing it okay. right now. This is a load I'm used to. This isn't going to challenge my muscles. Mm-hmm. Really, weightlifting is going to challenge your muscles beyond their normal load-bearing comfort zone. Um, okay. Now, take, for example, um, our biggest niche demographic that we work with, which is postpartum women, women that have, that have had a baby yesterday or 29 or 37 years ago. And uh, they likely carry around that baby. Um, unless you've had a C-section and then they say, don't pick up your own baby for 10 to 15 days or so. And cause your body needs to heal. And then that poses a whole other set of things going on. Right. But there's this really cool gradual progression that happens as a woman carries her baby, that baby is growing and gaining weight. And that mama is getting stronger as she carries that weight gradually. Now, we tend to outsource those loads in a lot of ways. We tend to, you know, jut our hips to the side as we hold our baby. So we're not actually really holding that load. We're kind of dumping it onto our hips. Um, when, when I think of weightlifting from a fitness standpoint, I'm thinking of somebody that is going to a gym or at home and they are picking up a dumbbell or a kettlebell or a barbell or they're using resistance bands to generate, um, 
healthy strain and stress on their muscles. But we could also lift our babies, or as I joke about on Fit to Be, a cooperative cat or dog or a toy that's left out. Um, anything right. that feels a little heavy to you. Now, there's also a time to lift weights that are not that heavy. Um, you know, it's really popular in, in some group fitness classes to take these little tiny light weights and do a lot of high repetition, quote unquote, toning work. So weightlifting really is very broad. We have okay. a lot of different weightlifting routines on So to summarize that, it sounds like um, weightlifting is is when I put my body under um, a stress that it's not already accustomed to. You're not talking mm -hmm. about injuring. You're talking about right. exceeding a standard comfortable load. Um, mm -hmm. In an effort, in an effort to, um, you know, imp kind of improve your ability with that load, that would be like right. Well, and th and that gets into like goals. You know, some people lift weights because they want to look a certain way, and they will do specific mm -hmm. lifting routines to develop a certain aesthetic or body appearance. Um, for example, mm -hmm. somebody who has a flat butt and they want to build a better booty, so they embark on a six to eight week training program that is really hyper-focused on the glute and reshaping and structuring and strengthening that particular area of their body. And hey, side bonus, usually when you work the glutes, you work a lot of other muscles. So right. uh, then you have people that are lifting weights because of health reasons. Weightlifting has been shown to lower um, all the bad cholesterols um, and elevate all the good ones. It's been shown to lower your blood pressure. It's also been shown to improve bone density better than any medication. So you have this horrible statistic that women over age 40 um, spend more time in the hospital dealing with bone disease issues, osteoporosis-related horrible fractures compared to breast cancer. So people are, uh, women are afraid of breast cancer, but actually women spend more time in hospital for bone disease than they do right. breast right. cancer. So, and weightlifting oh. dramatically improves bone density better than any pill. So if you've been told right. you have bad bone density, starting a resistance training, which right. is another word for weightlifting, um, although resistance training is usually used to describe more things like body resistance, using your own body, like push-ups or um, right. tricep dips on a bench. You know, whenever you're moving your own body weight around, that's a type of resistance training. Weightlifting is a type of resistance training. Pulling on a stretchy band is a type of resistance training. Right. So basically, when people think of weightlifting, they think of like the ripped guy that's like super huge on top and then he has these tiny I think of Arnold legs, Schwarzenegger. You know, walking, around, <laughs> walking around with his little tiny chicken legs. But mm -hmm. really, um, when, we, when we're talking about resistance training, weightlifting, these types of things, we're saying that um, the body responds to the actions that it's put under. And if you're putting it under mm -hmm. load, then your muscles and your joints and your ligaments and your bones are all going to say, oh, I need to be able to carry this load. So I'm yeah. going to strengthen myself in all the appropriate ways. And then we take mm -hmm. collections of these movements and then that's weightlifting. Yep. Essentially. I like it. Mm -hmm. Great. Podcast over. You all know about weightlifting now. We're done. Oh, just no, kidding. So just kidding. Say. So, okay, here, here's something that happens a lot. People say, oh, I don't have access to a gym. That's why I have fit to be. So I can't do weightlifting. So weightlifting's, you know, not for me. I need something other than weightlifting. So what would you say to that? 
Well, I would first of all say hello. We have lots of weightlifting. My favorite is the weightlifting series, 101, 201, 301, which I hope to, by the end of 2019, film a 102, 202, and 302 that spin off of and provide even more variations off of those patterns that we go over. Um, And then we have routines like ankles and upper body, ultimate upper body, um, the dumbbell workout, defining deltoids, um, the band routine. We have a lot. And because I believe resistance training is important and you don't need a gym to lift weights. Um, I go off and on with a gym membership. I usually keep one for like a year and then I quit it and I do things at home again. And I, if I have a gym membership, I use like once a week because they have toys at the gym that I don't have at home. And I'm like a kid in a candy store at the gym. I mean, I stand there and people will come up to me and be like, can we help you? You've been standing here for five minutes. And I'm like, I'm dreaming (laughs) because I'm just like plotting everything and looking at all this assortment of amazing props. And I am just putting it all together in my head and then I go attack it. Um, right. Cause it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. But you don't so need let's a gym. Talk about it. Let, let's talk about equipment. Um, Cause we talk about how you don't need a gym um, and equipment is minimal. So let's talk about, we have, yeah. we have workouts on fit to be, if you're not a member, you should check it out or at least just peruse and see what we have there where yeah, you can affordable. do weightlifting with like a grocery bag and cans of food. Yeah. And then we also have yeah, other bigger, things bigger, that are targeted, like um, you would need a stretchy band or you mu- you would need a kettlebell or some things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of resources that are available on our platform that don't mm-hmm. require, you don't have to go buy um, kettlebells mm-hmm. to be able to do some pretty significant things. But also if you're investing in yourself, um, uh, some of the equipment like stretchy bands and things like that, I mean, it's like Not two dollars. So, yeah. So yeah. it's it's worth uh, making some investments. So why don't you talk about some of the equipment um, that's most commonly used with Fit to Be? Well, one of the most common pieces of equipment is a dumbbell. I mean, you can go to your local thrift shop and find a couple of dumbbells. You can go to a used sporting store and find some dumbbells or kettlebells, um, or you can go to your local, um, you know, little five and dime type shop like Ross or TJ Maxx or Tuesday Morning. All of those places. Um, are going to have a little sports section where you can get a yoga mat for 10 bucks and a you know pair of dumbbells for eight bucks or something like that. Um, but again, you don't necessarily need those things. Um, you could fill a little water bottle with rocks uh, or just use the water bottle. You can use canned goods. We had, um, we've had people use watermelons and pumpkins as the weighted ball for our Tabata ball workout. Um, drop, we had somebody write in. I know, right? Ooh, big man. We had somebody write in that said, well, it kind of looks like I might need equipment to be able to do some of these routines. And that's true, but we also have a lot of routines where you don't need equipment. And I always in the equipment needed part of a workout say, okay, here's what I'm using, but you could also use this, of this, of this, of this, of this, Mm -hmm. because I don't want people to have barriers to exercise. I want you to approach everything in your home with new eyes that go, Oh, I could pick that up and swing it or lift it or push it or pull it for 15 reps. And Hey, that would work. Um, cause mm-hmm. when, when you shift people out of that box that says, this is fitness, exercising is walking for 20 minutes on a treadmill or weightlifting is pushing around barbells and dumbbells at a gym. No, mm-hmm. well, yes, it is those things, but it's also these other things. It can be, yeah. oh, so many things beyond that box. So like yeah. in, the, in the background, if you're watching this on the video, I have a, a kettlebell and I asked for it for Christmas. 
Um, that's a big one. Cause too. I'm a, I, I'm a, a, I'm a little hard to a for. It's a 60 pounder and it's that's pushing me. I, um, I was not, I was not ready for it. So it's, it's, it's kicking my butt, but I'm taking a kettlebell course from Haley Shevnar, who we recorded a podcast with about kettlebells. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a 20 pounder before that. I played with 25s and 30s at the gym when I had that. Um, and I just wanted something that I could really squat and have a serious chunk of weight to play with here at home. And kettlebells are super versatile. In a lot of ways, they're more versatile than a barbell. So, you know, I can, I can squat with it. I can play with pressing it. I can do hip lifts with it. There's, I can swing it. Well, barely. I can do like five swings with that thing right now. So I am, I am working there. on that. Getting but, there. Yeah. Getting there. So t- tell me about some more of the creative ways um, to lift weights. Like you mentioned the the bag a better series, and I think a lot yes. of people are going to be like, what? "What was that? What was that?" Why don't you tell us? Yeah. Like, like dig into that a little bit. What are creative ways? Okay. So we have uh, two routines, and I want to add a third one by the end of this year. We have bag a better back, and we have bag a better booty, where you're literally using a couple of grocery sacks full of however much weight you want to put in them make sure that they're somewhat balanced. And, you know, we move those things around in various positions to work those parts of the body. Um, the other one I really want to do is bag a better bust. Uh, but the bags are proving precarious for bust work. So I have to puzzle that out a little bit more. I have like four or five exercises sorted, but I want to have at least seven or eight for the video. So, okay. um, yeah, watch so stay the bag tuned a better on bust that. Bag you can work your pecs. But, um, and wow. then, you know, I live on a farm it's gonna be good and, for um, <laughs> yeah, right. Hey. That's the um, we have, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Creative ways. Um, we have these logs out in part of our garden right now. Uh, we have a seven acre farm. I know not everybody has logs, but for those of you out there that might have logs laying around. Um, you know, you could stand at one end and I put something on our Instagram account a while back where I am yep. squatting down and hoisting one end of this log and doing essentially a clean and press overhead and then coming back down. And let me tell you, you do 10 or 15 of those things and wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, that's a decent heavy yeah. load and you, you're playing with momentum and speed and force exertion, um, inertia, yeah. all that. And that is what is challenging your muscles. The danger of of always exercising in a certain box, like on a treadmill or at the gym, yes, there's benefits there. But your body craves variety. Your body is designed to move in a million and 10 different ways, if not 2 million and 10. And we seldom do that. Like even right now here at the computer, what we're doing is very much in this forward plane of motion. And, you know, even something like martial arts, um, is going to take you into other sideways planes of motion and working on your rotation, getting over into your sagittal and frontal planes. And, and that is a good thing. So gardening, pulling weeds, um, that's essentially the same as doing a bent row on repeat. If you were to look for a motion that that mimics from the quote unquote gym setting, um, right. riding a horse, um, <laughs> there's a lot of... Yeah thigh work and glute work and core work that goes into riding a horse. My daughter totally got out of doing a home circuit yesterday because I had one set up and she comes in. She's like, mom, I just cleaned out the stall and rode my horse. Doesn't that count? And I was like, yeah, yep. actually yep. good call. 
I'm glad that she sees no that, that that is work. <laughs> She's been yeah, and she doesn't do that every day. So, <clears throat> yeah. Well, because we can fall into the trap of saying, oh, um, I'm so tired um, and I've already done all these things, but I still need to quote unquote work out today. Well, maybe you already right. worked out and maybe you've had a crazy right. busy day and maybe you save that nice little tidy box of a workout in a video with us or at the gym for tomorrow because today yeah. you already chased your toddler and did all the chores and vacuuming and mucked out a stall or stacked wood. Or, or another another way to look at it is to say, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to carve out time for my workout today, but I'm going to have to do this, this, and this. How could I be more intentional about how I'm doing mm-hmm. that? Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going, I got to go get groceries or whatever. How can I be more intentional about using that as a point of fitness uh, integrated into my everyday life? And I think that is... I think that's just really usually overlooked. Like it doesn't count for some reason that doesn't count, even though you're lifting yep. all these things and doing all these things. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it I, I experienced that. Well, and you know, for years I, I've been in the fitness industry since I was 16. I started working athletic clubs, um, cleaning toilets and, and wiping down treadmills at the local gym. And then I worked in the kids club and then I worked at the front desk and I got certified as a group fitness instructor and the rest is history. But, you know, I would always see people, um, and I noticed that even early on, they would lift weights with beautiful form, perfect breath, perfect coordination, and then they'd go flop into a chair. Um, or they'd, you know, they'd hunch <laughs> their way outside. Like, they would go from standing up tall while lifting weights to slumping their way through the rest of their life. And I noticed that, but I thought, oh, well, that's, I, I, I don't know, I didn't really process that. Mm-hmm. And, and then even in college, it was like, here's what you do during your workout. And then everybody in these classes, exercise and sports science department, Oregon State University, we'd be slumping in our chairs and slumping our way through our lives, even as we're studying human kinetics and anatomy and physiology. And I'm loud. Yeah. <laughs> these big words. Yeah. And so it wasn't until it was really, it was Katie Bowman of um, Nutritious Movement that first kind of shone a light for me on, um, hello, why aren't we approaching the rest of our lives? Yeah. with good alignment and form and technique. So um, part of healing my diastases for myself was realizing, okay, I was doing everything right for rehab and fitness, but in my real life, like stocking my stove or, or getting things out of cupboards that were down low, I was tucking my butt and hunching my body and, and letting my belly be all bleh, and instead of consciously and, and purposely approaching those motions as, wait, this is a chance to squat. This is a chance to hip hinge. This is a chance to take all those techniques I know from fitness and bring them into my real life. So I'm getting good quality motion throughout the day. I'm not just slumping my way through the day. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, I think people, like like we were saying earlier, they don't really think about all these different elements of life. It's like, no, weightlifting is just the gym and whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, weightlifting is also your kid when you go to pick up your kid. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, your kid's on the floor. Yeah. And they're crying and you bend over to pick them up. Well, how do you bend over to pick them up? You just, you just deadlifted something in your workout. Why aren't you using that same form when you pick up your kid? And so when I teach in fit to be, and those of you who are members know this, I will be applying this like, Hey, we're picking up this, dumb, this, this dumbbell, but this is also the right. same way you should be picking up your kid or the grocery right. sack or your right. dog. Right. I think, um, 
yeah, I think I think it's just hard to remember those things, but it's important to kind of get in that mindset mm-hmm. throughout your your daily life. So let's talk yeah, about happen overnight. Let's talk about um, when people are in the actual gym and they're surrounded by all the equipment, and they've got like the row of dumbbells that goes from like four pounds up to hundred, and they're looking at this and they got these machines and they see all this stuff, and they're starting to develop their education about what we call this tummy safe, this tummy safe, that, um, how do they approach weightlifting in that environment without injuring themselves in a, in a tummy safe kind of way? Well, I would say, first of all, take the weightlifting series from fit to be, uh, we Mm -hmm. also have a blog called three tummy safe gym routines. And when I say tummy safe, I mean, um, they are exercises that will be, usually a lot less pressure on a sensitive stomach that might be dealing with prolapse or hernia or diocesis because those are major considerations um, for postpartum women and even for men in their late thirties and forties and and beyond. Um, Those, those things are just really common Um, and we can do things to fight them. And if, if you hire a traditional personal trainer at a gym, they're going to take you through a set of, of exercises that the gym has said, okay, this is what we want people to do. They're not necessarily going to be very personalized unless you pay for that more personalized Mm -hmm. training. And you can do that, but yeah, but most personal trainers are not specifically trained in postpartum recovery. Um, So when you, my hope is that people will have gone through core rehab um, if they are having any issues postpartum. I, I mean, I really believe that everybody needs to do physical therapy for their core at some point. It's beneficial for both men and women. It can also be beneficial for kids. Um, and then you're going to know how to approach those things. Um, fit to be is your fitness piece of your journey. And so we get a lot of people that come out of rehab into fit to be to learn how to then make a safe return to full fitness. Um, and we have all of the props we do because we want people to be able to return to doing whatever it is they love. Maybe you don't love kettlebells. Fine. Don't do our kettlebell routine. Do our dumbbell routine. Maybe you hate dumbbells and kettlebells. Fine. Do our bands. If you don't have bands, fine. Do the bag of better back. <laughs> We've got something for everybody that should equip yeah. you to understand basic motion so you can walk into a gym and go, okay, I know how to lift that dumbbell because I know how to lift a bag or I know how to do this one thing from fit to be. I'm just going to yeah. apply these same principles. But, um, you know, the other thing about gyms is there's a lot of pressure um, and it can be really unnerving, especially as a woman. To walk into a gym where there's like three really buff dudes that are just slamming weights around. And depending on my mood, quite honestly, this is how it goes. Sometimes I can like channel this inner, like play with a big boy's attitude, like fine, move out of my way. Other times I'm like, no, thank you. Uh-uh. And, it, and it can depend on who's on the weight floor. And if they're sizing me up the second I walk on that weight floor, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm just not, I'm going to do something in a different area. And that, that can stink. Like if you're uncomfortable on a weight floor, um, then yeah. do something different. You know, um, go use the regular equipment. I would say avoid the setup ab curl machines. Those are dumb. Um, and, um, but, but if you can, and, and I have gotten better at it over the years, channel your inner strong person to go and take that bench that's being dominated by somebody else to go and pick up the heavier dumbbells that are right next to the dumbbells being used by somebody that is a lot bigger and louder than you. Um, 
you know, that's amazing. That's an amazing feeling. And, uh, you know, that even, even just, just summoning the nerve to be like, are you done with this machine? Or, which I've done, you know, you have, the, you have the jerks that leave everything loaded up and then they just walk off and you need to use it. And you're like, hey, are you done? What's really awesome? What's really awesome <laughs> is when somebody, and, and, and I, I got to say, especially if it's a guy, uh, is they finish and they're all, you know, they're, uh, they're grunting through stuff and they're, and they're breathing. And it's like, you know, for me, it's like there's 35s on each side of this bar. And I'm like, are you done? And they're like, oh, yeah, you can unload them. And I'm all, no, I've got this. And I add weight and do the same thing they were doing with a lot <laughs> less noise. That is a really, really good feeling. Uh, so after all of that that you just said, what I will add is you need to know your limits and yes. not injure yourself and be careful and don't add weight just to just show, to show somebody. Off. Yeah, no. No. Yeah, that would be uh, contrary to Beth's other advice in other <laughs> podcast episodes. Uh, um, yeah, it would. Let's talk mm-hmm. about uh, targeted, like targeted areas, like calves. In the in the pre-show, we were talking about calves. Um, mm-hmm. What what do you got there? What do you what are your thoughts on calves? Well, we just had a question in our forum about this. Um, mm-hmm. I was asking for blog ideas, and this one gal says, "You know, hey calves, you know, I just really want to swim my calves. I feel like, like if I gain weight and then I lose it again, my calves just stay big, and it's really annoying. And and that can be frustrating for things like you know fitting into your favorite boots or your favorite skinny jeans or whatever. Um, yeah. And yes, that's kind of a more aesthetic thing. And I definitely want to challenge people on what the media has told us." looks good and is good for our bodies because strong calves are good. Like there is nothing wrong with a woman having strong, bulky calves. I mean, Mm -hmm. if her body has made her and adapted her to have those strong, bulky calves, why? Like, what has she been doing? Maybe her lifestyle is currently demanding that those calves are big and strong. Or maybe, maybe there is a little extra plumpness on them from some residual weight gain from before. And um, in that case, I would say walking, like going for a good long walk is going to help strengthen and tone and slim up those calves, um, you know, over time and walking in shoes that are more minimal, less of a heel. If you're wearing heeled shoes a lot, that's going to bunch up your calf muscles, whether you're wearing a half inch or an inch or two inches or three inches. um, It's going to make those calves shorten and tighten and get more bunchy. And so, you know, if you can't do something like a downward dog and get your heels down, or if just doing a basic calf stretch is wool, or if you've had plantar fasciitis issues in the past, or if you have yeah. pelvic floor problems, a lot of that ties back into your calves being too bunchy and tight. And these, you know, so you have these calf muscles that are supposed to be relatively lengthened and super flexible. Think about a baby that's just been born. They can pull their toes to their knees. Our calves are so flexible, mm-hmm. Right. Right. But as we get older and we put ourselves in these molds of shoes that kind of narrow our feet and or even elevate our heels all the time, or we sit in chairs, cross our legs, let our toes point, we all get these Barbie doll feet, you know? Um, right. I mean, that's what Katie Bowman calls them. I think I think she's the one that I heard that from. And like so we need down. to, yeah, yeah. And she had us do this mm-hmm. thing at her workshop, understanding the pelvic floor beyond kegels. It was a really cool thing I went to with her. She had us all lay on our backs and put our feet up in an air squat. So you can try this if you're listening to this and see what your feet do. And if they kind of do this little pointy Barbie doll shape, then you know you have tight calves. And, you know, if they come into more of a flat 90 degree angle, then they're better off. And so you can reach up and 
in yoga, there's a pose called the happy baby or the dead bug. There's a couple different ones where you lay in that similar position and, and, and pull your feet towards you either by crossing at the ankles and holding them or just grab, reaching up and grabbing your big toe with your two fingers on each hand and kind of pull them down towards you. Um, yeah, and you yeah. can do that with each toe. Each toe to stretch your toes from that position, and that's going to really benefit your calves and also your hamstrings and your glutes and your lower back. There's all kinds of benefits to that position. Um, but yeah, it's like when when we think about the calves, we oh go to the gym and there's all these sitting um, calf exercises. If if, the, if you do a sitting one, it's going to work your soleus more. If you do a standing calf raise, it's going to work your gastrocnemius more. Shortened to gastroc. So you have your gastroc and your soleus. Your soleus really powers um, things when you're, you know, sitting down and go to stand up, you got to be able to launch right. yourself. Your gastroc is really powering things like your walk, although it, the soleus is also active. Um, so, so for us regular muscle, people, where, where are those in lengthened things, ways. the two things? Okay. So, well, I mean, your gastroc and soleus are just all here. Look at my slippers and my, my pants here. So they're, they're both in your calf and the back mm -hmm. of your, back of your lower leg. Um, <coughs> and, uh, my, my photographic memory when it comes to which one's superficial and which one's deep is failing me right now. Um, I just okay. am really proud that I know that the soleus is, is more active when you're in a sitting position. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just claim the point so for that bit of knowledge. The real, the real message is you should vary those so that you get more, more yeah. well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay, also do so, know that if, if you're training the calves in a sitting position and you build that soleus up, that will definitely add some bulk. So, okay, think about a mom sitting sitting down and nursing and, and she's got a baby in her lap and then she goes to burp that baby. And one thing I remember doing a lot was bouncing my knee. So in that position with the baby on your knee and you're kind of bouncing your leg, you're working your right. soleus muscle and that muscle can get bunchy. If people want to build right. their calf muscles bigger, we have them do it usually in a sitting position because that soleus get pleasantly plump really quick. So right. that's another thing to consider and why I say maybe walking, just going for a nice, you know, 20 to 30, maybe even an hour long stroll each day is going right. to lengthen and stretch those muscles, especially in a minimal shoe to hopefully develop some better proportion. But again, yeah please check in with your mindset on how you're viewing your body. Are you just wanting to change your body so you can fit into booster pants? Yeah. And maybe just get different boots. Yeah. Opportunity to go boot shopping. Are expensive. Okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah. here's a, shopping. so, so here's a, here's a thought. So, uh, I think a lot of the time when, uh, women get into weightlifting, they're, they're thinking high reps, low weights, toning kind of approach. But something that's becoming more and more popular is is more powerlifting. Mm -hmm. And if we think about powerlifting and we think about postpartum, then what do you say about that? Like, is it when is it safe? Do you do like you see weird stuff on Instagram that makes you go, mm -hmm. "Wait, is is what she's doing safe at all?" Um, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it depends on the woman, but it always. I always want to know that um, that she's made a progression, that she's not just had a baby, been released for oh, exercise yeah. at her six-week checkup, and gone straight back to CrossFit um, or her boot camp. Because if she hasn't really done much up to that point besides go for walks with her baby, she needs to start with the basics. And, and that's a hard thing for a female athlete to hear. We talked about that in our podcast about CrossFit with Brianna Battles. I would encourage everybody who loves CrossFit, loves heavy weightlifting, 
um, if you want to get into that, listen to that podcast because we talk about mindset and we talk about progression. Um, and so sometimes you're going to see a woman that, that, you know, you, maybe you haven't been following her for a while and she's doing some crazy lifts and you know, she looks like she's got a little bit of a postpartum belly. She might be fine. She may have done the progression and and dialed things in or she might not. Cause there's a lot of things that happen that we don't even see or know, you know, she might be leaking. Mm -hmm. She might be having back pain later. Um, she might right. um, experience her diastasis opening up a bit more the next day and be kind of brushing that off. And we can't know that stuff. So unless right. you're a personal trainer that's specialized in women's health and postpartum fitness, and you're actually working with that person, you can't really make a judgment call on that. Um, right. Myself, though, again, like crush it can be great if it's taught right. with a good progression. Um, and, you know, powerlifting. I love powerlifting. I love Olympic lifting. Um, but I'm really mindful of my boundaries. I know um, how much I can add and how much I need to take off. And I know what to listen for and watch for in my body over the next few days after mm-hmm. I try something new. Not everybody has that. So we do a lot of education on that on Fit Speed. Chris, in the pre-show, you had a story about a friend of yours that had gone uh, to CrossFit. Yeah, she, she was just talking about how she went to CrossFit and she threw up on her first workout and the she talked to the main instructor and they j- had just told her yeah that's pretty common um it, it gets a sign i think it was the standard thing like it's a sign that you're really you're really getting a good workout if you throw up or you pee your pants and it's just you know it's a it's a discouraging thing to hear that a woman in her 40s goes to the gym to get professional support and the response is Oh, throw you threw up. Awesome. Nice job. Way to like really get after it today. That's just um jacked up. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, agree. I don't I don't know what else to say about it. I think it's discouraging. Um, but I think yeah. what can happen sometimes is people can go all the other the other way with the pendulum and, and say, Yeah, I just I can't do anything like that. I can't do any kind of serious weightlifting or anything like that because, you know, it's just too dangerous. And mm-hmm. that's not really true either. Um, yeah, no, it's not. So it's a good balance. Mm-hmm. You have to have a, the right balance. Yeah. And again, it, it all goes back to making a gradual re-entry to the thing that you want to go back to or a gradual progression toward the thing you want to do that's new. And that's what we provide in that weightlifting 101, 201, 301 series, where I'm literally starting with very basic motions, multi-joint motions, um, really going over form and technique for basic weightlifting movements with light weight. By the time you get to 301, you're getting a booty kick in and you're getting more multi-joint, high level weightlifting maneuvers that are going to turn some heads if you take them to the gym because people are going to be like, what? How? How? Where? What? Whoa in a good way um, because it doesn't look the same, but it looks awesome and it's super strengthening, but it's, you can't do 301 before you do 101. You can't. Right. And, and, and throwing up is a good measure of the point where you went too far for what your body was currently fueled for or ready for. So if you puke during or after a workout, uh, you want to make a note that, Hey, maybe push a little too far. need to eat a little bit better. Uh, need to warm up a little bit better, maybe not do that last set next time. Right, um, right. Because what happens is when somebody gets told, hey, yeah, yeah, good. You know what? Peeing your pants, puking, those are good signs. Now they're going to keep pushing their body to that point mm-hmm. 
because they think that's the measure of a good workout. And right. what? Right. Uh, so let's let's now say that is a measure of a good injuries. workout. Let's say that let's say that was a good measure, which it's not. But let's just say it was. You really want to like throw up every time you have a good workout? Like that's just so dumb. Like that doesn't sound yeah. like a desirable um, way to I, live your life. I, I you actually know? used to say that crazy. when I was a group fitness instructor, pre-fit to be, pre-kids. I was like, "Are you feeling nauseous? Good." When I taught my spin classes and stuff, I had people throw up. Um, Shame on and you! People I would cheer. I know, but that was that was the mindset. It's like if you know you want to work hard, you want to exhaust yourself, you want to take yourself to the very point of no return, barfing, peeing yourself because that's you know you really accomplished something. <laughs> Well, what? there's a place for working really hard, but I don't know that if you're an Olympic athlete, maybe desirable. like maybe at the Olympic Games, as an Olympic <laughs> athlete at the actual Olympic Games, fine, go all out, make yourself puke. Okay, that's the place. But okay, uh, okay, no, no more puking. We don't want. We don't want to do that. <laughs> We're um, done. So we have somebody out so there listening who's a sympathetic puker, and they're having a hard time right now. Um, okay, so <laughs> we we in all the podcasts, we usually, if we remember, sometimes we forget, but we try to say, ask, um, what is their favorite exercise? Now it's a little bit not fair of a question for you, since that's what you do every oh, day. No, I, I change it from so time this, to time. If this is if this is about weightlifting. What I want to know is what is your favorite weightlifting exercise that you love right now that you're doing at home? Oh, okay. Well, my favorite weightlifting exercise that I like at the gym is I finally figured out how to do hip thrusts with a Smith rack. That sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> Chris's face is like appropriate. <laughs> what are you like doing with the Smith rack? Very appropriate either. Um, well, you put a bench underneath the bar and then you, you put a weights on either side to fit your ability level. And then you notch the bar, you lay on the bench and you notch the bar right, um, in your hip crease and you do shoulder bridges or also known as hip thrusts or hip bridges. And, um, they are awesome for glutes and hamstrings. I, um, yeah. It's, they're great, but mimicking those at home is a little more challenging. So I'm still yeah. puzzling those out. I'm, I'm playing with the kettlebell. I feel like I need a kettlebell on each side. Um, but right okay. now I'm really enjoying just simple goblet squats with my kettlebell, you know, just holding okay. it or, uh, you know, either high or low and just really powering up through a nice wide squat. It just right. feels really good. And it gets my heart rate up, especially with the heavier kettlebell. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And you're that. using the 60-pounder for that? 60-pounder? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that that's a massive, yeah. that's a massive weight. Um, yeah, what I like right now is um, doing a bench press, motion, bench press motion with dumbbells on a ball. Oh, yeah. We have that in our get on the big ball routine. I love that because you you go a lot a much lighter weight, which means if you're working out at home, it's good because you need less equipment. But you do a much lighter weight. But what's nice about it is your whole body has to balance while you're on that ball, 
and it really strengthens all the different areas of your core. Otherwise, you tip over. And that's why you also yeah. don't want to, you know, you might be able to bench a lot more with the bar. Um, then when you go to dumbbells, you got to step down because you're now your dominant arm can't help your weaker arm. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the ball, you got to step down again because you're, you're, you're moving it's around stabilizing. and it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. but I think people try to do that with this, what they normally do. Like maybe they're doing bench with dumbbells and they're doing like 60 pound dumbbells. And so they try that on a ball and you can really drop it on your head. Like it's bad. It's oh dangerous. yeah. So don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do it on a ball with a lot of weight. Start low, but it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Make sure the ball's inflated enough. Otherwise, it's yeah. too easy, actually. People kind of have a hang up with like starting small and, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm here at the gym. I finally made it. I'm finally starting my program. I want to go all out. I don't want to do easy, simple. I'm here. I, I, you know, in three weeks, you know, I want to be ripped and buffed and, and lost all my weight. And it's like, well, in three weeks, if you, you jump off a cliff straight into working out and don't wade in slowly. You're going to be injured is what you're going to be. And so, you know, if you take the next three to six weeks to start with fives or tens and then go up to eights or tens and then go from, you know, just that's how I got back to squatting 45s on each side relatively easily. Again, after neck surgery this last year, I started with the bar and then I added 10 and I did 10 for a couple weeks. And then I added two and a half on each side. Did that for yeah. a couple weeks, and I just gradually kept chipping away at my goal of getting back to a barrel, um, which is what they call a forty-five on each side, two forty-fives with two barrels, and so on and so forth. And it was really exciting. And now, well, so I just canceled the gym membership I had because it's really far away, and it's winter, and my kids don't want to swim right now. So you know, we'll rejoin later if we want to and go once a week. Um, but it was really exciting because I was working on my front squats, which I have never done. And I really don't like them, um, but they're better for my neck than putting a bar across my back. So I was up to 25 with that. And I had just started with the bar and could barely, barely do it when I had the bar in the front because it just felt so awkward. But just yeah. two and a half at a time, every couple of weeks, just kept chipping at it. That is how you build right. That's. I think that's the uh, overall key message is, is just go slow go deliberate and purposeful and don't, yeah. don't rush, don't mm-hmm. rush things. Mm-hmm. Bad news yep. to rush and breathe. Bad news. There. Awesome. I love it. All and right. then real Good quick, stuff. let's, let's, let's end on this. Why don't you um, just give a super quick 10 second uh, recap of um, for each of our different um, weightlifting main Thing. So we got the bag a better series. We got the one on one, two on one, three. Why don't you just describe those real quick, so that people that are thinking about joining Fit to Be or that are already members and didn't even know we had weightlifting, because we do, like where they can go mm-hmm. find those resources. Okay. So um, first stop for the resources would be when you log in. There's a workout sorting grid, and you can click on weightlifting and choose the amount of time you want to give. Um, there's easy, moderate, and challenging routines. And so depending on where you're at in your journey and what kind of equipment yep. you want, you can sort all of that to find just what you're looking for. Um, the weightlifting 101 basic move, weightlifting 201 adds onto those moves and encourages you to add weight. Weightlifting 301 mm-hmm. drops it low, works on the deeper squats, works on more overhead motions, works on more technical lifts. It's pretty awesome. Really gets you ready to, you know, head back into a gym setting if you want to. Um, but you don't have to, you can do it at home. We've got ankles and upper body, 
um, which is really brings the core into it. Um, we've got ultimate upper body, which teaches it from a seated position, but also you can do it standing again, working with dumbbells. Defining deltoids is a total upper body shoulder focused workout, but you still get triceps and biceps a fair amount. Um, and that uses dumbbells and I think a, a stretchy band. Um, we've got our circuit workout, which uses dumbbells and a kettlebell and a stretchy band. We've got, um, oh my gosh, there's so many of them. Uh, the dumbbell routine or the dumbbell workout, which is a pure dumbbell yep. workout. Um, if that's all you've got, then we've got a nice little tidy workout for that. Um, and I could go on and on. That's more than 10 seconds. So, um, so basically there's a lot of stuff there. And if you're yep. not a member, go, go check it out and click on the, the thing and you can see kind of all the different options that we have and yeah. uh, you might want to consider it because um, yes, it's a good yeah. value. It's a darn good value. All right. Well, this has, so been, uh, this has been, uh, this has been awesome. Um, yeah. It's crazy. We have all of these fit to be resources for weightlifting and we still have people that are like, you guys should have some weightlifting stuff. So it's good to kind <laughs> like, of get out there um, and actually talk about it. Um, <laughs> so, so, dive in and check that stuff out and if you're not a member and are interested um our main message to you is still be careful um and yeah. and don't injure yourself um and take it take it slow but but definitely don't be afraid of it get into it that's right amen all right all right okay friends and fans if our podcast floats your goat you should subscribe to fit to be radio and also follow us on twitter at fit to be on instagram at fit to be studio and on facebook via fit to be tummy safe fitness that's my rooster. I'd also love for you to join fit2b.com so you can work out with me. Plus, that's how we pay our bills that keep our lights on, providing family-friendly workouts that help you make a strategic return to fitness. See you there.